This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're going to focus on the housing market outlook for the coming year here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home, or maybe you're wondering if you should hold off, is it a buyer's market, seller's market, are home prices on the way up or on the way down? We're going to have all this information for you on today's show. We know interest rates have gone up in the past year. So how are the rate increases impacting the market? And what are they going to mean for home owners and prospective home buyers. So if you're worried about home affordability and what effects the recent interest rate hikes will have on you and your ability to qualify for a mortgage or even renew your current mortgage, we're going to talk about that too. So joining me to answer all these questions is Chris O'Leary. He's a realtor with Remax Realty Specialists and Joan Flood, mortgage advisor with Premier Mortgage Center. Guys, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having us. Nice to be here. So we've definitely got a lot to talk about today, and I know it's top of mind for many as we hear about the interest rate increases and all the different dips that the Canadian market is seeing um, across the country. But it's certainly been unpredictable for a couple of years now, I would say. So if you think back to when the pandemic began, I don't believe anyone could have predicted the record sales and the increased home values experienced across the country, including here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And I also don't think anyone could have predicted that the interest and in, in migration to Atlantic Canada from other parts of the country that happened either. So even this past year in 2022, we've seen some record-breaking months for sales, especially earlier in the year. So even this past December, while we may have seen sales slow somewhat, the market here at home in Newfoundland continued to outperform historical averages. The number of homes sold through MLS system of Newfoundland and Labrador Association of Realtors decreased 13 0.5% from December of 2021. Yet home sales were 17.4% above the five-year average and 31.8% above the 10-year average for the month of December. We also saw home prices increase. So single-family homes were up about 6.3%, townhouse row unit homes down 1.7%, and apartment pricing up about 13.9%. If we look specifically in St. John's, we've got a benchmark price on a single family home of 327500 which is up 5%. Townhouse row units are down again 1.7%, and apartment prices are up about 14.8%. So the Canadian real estate Association report also indicates that we're starting to see a decline in listings and homes coming on the market. So new residential listings this past December was the lowest number of new listings added in the month of December in more than a decade. New listings were 14.3% below the five-year average and 14.9% below the 10-year average for the month of December. Active residential listings on the market at the end of December was down 29.4% from the end of December the prior year. Sorry, And active listings haven't been this low in the month of December in 15 years. 
Active listings were 41.2% below the five-year average and 42.1% below the 10-year average for the month of December. So, Chris, can you help us make sense of some of these statistics? What are these numbers telling us about what's actually happening in the housing market here at home? Well, it's uh, December is a, is a slice of what the market did last year. But if you look at the, the whole year, um, it, it was definitely something we couldn't predict. Um, it, it's still an inventory shortage, and that that what really comes down to it, and why we're seeing such a such a demand for the for properties. It's, it, buyers certainly outweigh the demand, or demand, I should say, for for the buyers I have out there is uh, is not being met. Uh, shortages of inventory, and, and we're seeing that right across the, the province. So it's uh, it's no wonder that we're in a position that we were in December. It's a it's a slice of what, what really happened last year uh, throughout the whole year for that matter. So we know then that we're seeing sales slow, right? And and there's not a lot on the market right now, but they're outperforming historical averages. And we're also seeing increases in home values. So do you think that the fewer listings that are coming available is a result of the rising interest rates? Uh, I, I think the, the the listings that are out there right now, I, I, I think that some people are staying put. There's no question about that. But uh, we've had this problem now for two years with no inventory. Uh, we've had tons of buyers out there, and there's still tons of buyers on the market out there right now. And, uh, and the inventory is just not there to meet us. So it's putting pressure... Even though business might have slowed down a little bit, but the, the, what's happening out there is still multiple bids. There's still uh, buyers that they're trying to uh, fight for the same property, and, and and that's why we're seeing the average price still still increase. Uh, and if you look at the last couple of years compared to, to outside of Newfoundland, uh, they saw huge increases. Uh, we didn't see that. We were kind of a more of a stable market with regards to the values of property going up. So I, I think that's, that's more of what we're going to see in, in, in the year coming as well. So you're predicting that we may see some increases in house values here in Newfoundland because there's going to be almost getting back to that sort of bidding war situation because of the, the lack of uh, homes on the market? I don't think we left it. I think we continued the whole year. Uh, it's been a seller's market for a couple of years, and I think this year, especially the first half, will continue to be a seller's market. I, I don't see things changing. We're going to see a moderate increase in, in values, if anything, uh, like we saw the last couple of years. Um, it's still really affordable here in Newfoundland to buy a house. Um, how this market will work in the, in the coming months, though, will still depend on the, on the inventory levels. Uh, if inventory levels increase, then we'll start to see a more balanced market. But we're still going to be in a seller's market, I think, in the first half of the year for sure. Even even with, with regards to, to the interest rate, it's still I don't think that's going to have a, as big effect as it is the, the lack of inventory. Um, definitely a slight increase in values, I think, coming in, 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 in the next uh, 12 months. Uh, I don't think we're going to go back by any means. Nowhere near what we're seeing in, in other provinces and, and major cities in, this, in, the, in the country. Um, no doubt that the, the higher interest rate will slow the market a little bit with regards to some new home buyers not be able to get into the market or, or the stress test being a little bit too much for some. Uh, and a step-up market might be a little bit more tentative. And certainly the new new construction uh, market will be a little bit more tentative with, with regards to the, the environment that we're in at this point. But, uh, but once the shock of all this uh, interest rates that have happened over the last 12 months is done, and we start to settle down into a you know consistent number with regards to interest rates, I see this market continuing right on. Uh, in, 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 the, in the route that it's going at this point. And, and if interest rates don't go up any further and we still live in an inventory-deprived uh, market, then uh, I think it's business as usual. We're going to continue to be a seller's market and it's continue to be a very competitive market out there. And uh, certainly some homes and t- types of homes, as you'll speak to later, will uh, we'll see the benefit of that.
Uh, I'm sure people who are looking to maybe get their home on the market are happy to hear that. But we know that higher borrowing costs have certainly cooled markets in many parts of the country. But as you noted, pricing is holding up much better here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And something that the Canadian Real Estate Association predicts is going to continue. And it's also supported by the REMAX 2023 housing market outlook, which is predicting a balanced market this year and housing values to increase marginally. So, Chris, what can you tell us about this REMAX report? Well, the REMAX itself, as a, uh, in a national standpoint, with regards to Newfoundland, for sure, or St. John's market, um, and I say the St. John's market, but it's still, I think it's the whole province because there's so much happening across this province, uh, central with the mining and the West Coast, and there's a whole bunch of things that are out there. But they're saying balanced market. Uh, we're leading to that, I think, uh, simply because of the interest rates. And if we see better inventory uh, and the average price is going to go up a little bit, we're going to see a slight increase. So the average price right now is 337. We're going to go up to probably around the 350 range. We think it's going to happen here as, as we move forward. Uh, 2022 was 337, 315. And we expect it to go up a little bit higher than that. So just a few percentages. But uh, but nevertheless, it's going to be a, it's going to be a 4%. We think a 4% increase. And uh, again, it all depends on inventory levels. There are still multiple bids happening in our market right now. It's incredible. Uh, in, in, in spite of all the, the, the positivity that we've had in the market the last couple of years and how well this market has done, uh, we're still seeing buyers out there fighting over the same houses. You know, if it's a certain type of home or be it a rental property or two apartment or things of that sort, I mean, or, or a location that people are looking for that comes up. Uh, when they do come up, people are all over it, and we're seeing multiple, multiple buyers that are going into this home, and we're seeing multiple bids still out there from the agents that I've spoken to. So it's uh, it's a really good market here, far healthier than we've seen in in, uh, in some of the other uh, cities, major cities in, in in the country in the last uh, six months. Well, I'm sure that's like it's a good news to our listeners out here. But there's no doubt that rising interest rates are having an impact when it comes to the housing market, both for sellers and for bars. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Chris O'Leary. He's a realtor with Remax Realty Specialist and Joan Flood, mortgage advisor with Premier Mortgage Centre. So we've been talking about the 2023 housing market here for Newfoundland and Labrador. And as we talked about in the opening segment, the rise in interest rates is having an impact on the market, not only here at home, but right across the country, really. And we've seen several rate hikes since March of last year. The key lending rate has gone from a quarter of a percent a year ago to 4.5% today. That's a really big jump. And one that's making it harder for some to get into the housing market, especially those who must pass the mortgage stress test. And there were calls to relax the rules to give borrowers a break, but the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions opted not to make any changes. So higher borrowing costs combined with the mortgage stress test have priced many first-time home buyers out of the market. And the rate increases have also left many homeowners worried about payment increases when it comes to renewing their mortgage this year. So, Joan, let's start by talking about the impact the rate increases have had when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage and, and passing the mortgage stress test. For sure, Nancy. I mean, it's 
it's definitely had an impact on I won't even say most buyers but all buyers for sure uh, you know the uh, as you mentioned in your commentary uh, OSFI has opted not to make any changes right now to the stress test uh, so prior to all of these rate increases there were a lot more flexibility if you will with qualifying for a mortgage and certainly uh, you know the stress test basically the the rate has remained the same which is at five and a quarter or two plus the contract rate. So, of course, the five and a quarter is out the window now based on where the fixed rates are. And we're using the two plus on contract rate now for variable and for fixed rate mortgages. Uh, so, of course, it's kind of done a flip uh, prior to the, the rate increases that we've experienced in the last number of months. Uh, you know, sometimes you'd qualify better on the variable rate because it was riding lower than the fixed, uh, you know, with that two point factor on there uh, to measure the stress test. And now it's kind of flipped to the other side, uh, you know, the, the fixed rates plus the 2% is now lower than the prime rate plus the 2%, uh, you know, so it certainly impacts, uh, you know, the amount that you're going to qualify for a mortgage. Uh, and I've done just a couple of quick calculations, like on a $300,000 mortgage, uh, you know, 12 months ago when prime rate was at 3% or 18 months ago, your mortgage payment would be roughly $1,284 a month. Today, where prime is sitting, uh, you know, you're you're closer to uh, 1883. So there's like a $600 wow. difference, uh, pretty much in, in that uh, comparison that I've done. And on the monthly or the fixed side of the rates, from where we were five years ago on a five-year fixed, which was 3.24% in that range, to today's five-year fixed rates, we're looking at about a $425 increase in the payment. Uh, so again, it depends on the amount of your mortgage. Of course, uh, you know, you can do things like extending the amortization period on them. Uh, you know, if anyone's paying biweekly, there's two methods of a biweekly payment, an accelerated biweekly, and there's a non-accelerated biweekly, which gives you a little less of a payment. Uh, but of course, when you go that route, you're not paying the extra on your principal annually. Uh, but there's other things you can do through the course of your mortgage and other options to avail of uh, that once the rates settle and we see where we're going with it, you can always opt to increase that, that mortgage rate back to uh, to another level so that you are paying the mortgage off faster. So there are some options. Uh, I think the key thing is to talk to an experienced mortgage professional, explore all your options. Uh, don't just do the internet search and say, well, this is better, that's lower, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, always, always good, and I always advise to talk to a live human being when you're trying to make these decisions. No, it's so, so important. Um, like I said, it's always important, but more than ever now it's, uh, with everything that's happening with, with rates. So, it, I mean, that's not an insignificant increase by no means, right? We know we've seen stats for years now that people are $200 away from not being able to meet their monthly commitments. So to see a mortgage payment rise, you know, $400 or $600 a month, that is going to not be achievable for many people with their current uh, debt load or their current expense load, right? So that that's uh, yeah. that's definitely uh, alarm bells there for sure. So what advice can you share with first-time home borrowers, those that are really looking to get into the housing market right now? 
Well, for first-time home buyers, for any buyer, I, I've always advocated to never be house poor. Whatever the rates are or whatever your financial situation is, you never want to buy at the top of that scale. Uh, you know, I'll always get the question from clients when I'm meeting with them, uh, okay, I'm looking at, you know, a $300,000 house, but what is the maximum I can qualify for? Most of them are asking just merely out of curiosity, uh, but some really want to push it to that limit. So that's not the right thing to be doing these days, like pushing your your maximum affordability. Uh, you know, you can always buy a, a lower-priced house. Uh, back in the day when I started buying my house, uh, you know, you always you bought a starter house. You bought a, a lower feasible house that fits you and your family, uh, that type of thing. I find in the last number of years, first-time home buyers, they just want to buy their dream home immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But what they're going to have to do is just buy that starter home. It's it's going back to that stepping stone, or I always say back to basics. So instead of buying a four hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to buy one for two fifty, and it's going to be a lovely little house that you're going to build equity in, and be able to you know sell in the three or four or five years time and move up the ladder like we used to do. Instead of starting at the top, uh, and then there's nowhere to go, and you can't afford your mortgage payment on renewal because now you've got the new car, and you may have a couple of children added into the mix, uh, which we all know can can add up. Uh, but my, my advice to first-time homebuyers always, never do house poor, never buy at the maximum of your scale. Uh, you can certainly look at shorter-term mortgages. Nobody anywhere ever said you had to have a five-year fixed or a five-year variable. Uh, you can look at shorter terms, which gives you options quicker uh, than waiting out the full five years. And it gives you kind of a recovery period as well to see, you know, if our rates are going to recover and come back down, which is the activity we're really seeing on the fixed side of things. Um, there's also a program offered to first-time home buyers. Uh, it's a government uh, shared equity program. So that program is still there. It's still available. And the concept is that it tops up your down payment. So if you, you have to have your own 5% down payment first, uh, but then you can apply for this uh, extra down payment money, which will give you another 5% on top of yours being 10% in total, which will help lower your monthly payment a little bit. So that's certainly an option to look at. And on new construction, you can even apply for a 10% uh, down payment portion under that rebate, under that program. It's not a rebate, sorry, under that incentive program. So there, you could do look at some of those options as well to help increase your down payment. And of course, stretch it out as long as you can, which would be 25 years on an insured mortgage. And if you have more than a 20% down payment and we don't require the typical mortgage insurance, you can look at options of, of up to 30 years on your mortgage. And again, it doesn't have to be long term. So most mortgages offer the options to be able to increase your payments as you move along, or even on renewal, you can bump that amortization back. But it may be a short term fix for the next couple of years to get through this bump in the road with the interest rates where they are now. And then you can always circle back and increase the payments later once things stabilize more to your liking and that sort of thing. So there's there are options. There's many options. Again, you need to talk to a live body and, and explore all of these options. Yeah, it is so important, like the more than ever. And, you know, I've always um, been right on your page, Joan, when it comes to just because you were approved for a certain amount, it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. that's what you should be getting and you should be evaluating your budget and the things you like to do from a life perspective, right? Even if it's like your kids' activities and all those additional costs to make 
sure that you're not going to be house poor. But I think, Chris, we've talked in the past about the importance of getting pre-approved. But that that probably is even more important now because you may have you may think you can afford something that, based on interest rates and the increases that we've seen, is maybe not in your ballpark right now. So how important is it from your perspective that people are getting that pre-approval before they contact you? Yeah, I think uh, if you if you look at like you look, Jones has been talking to at this point. I mean, uh, the pre-approval I and mean, in this market, you have to sit down with someone like Joan with the experience that she has, and 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 talk to uh, the pre-approval, and talk to how much you can afford, and and uh, and as Joan said, I'll reiterate, uh, it, there's no need of spending if you've got a three hundred fifty thousand dollar max. If you can buy a nice home for two seventy five and be able to. I always say that, in, you know, going for an ice cream on a Friday night, then it's fine. It, it's fine. It doesn't have to be a brand new home, new construction. It doesn't have to be, you know, a 10-year-old home. Maybe it's a 20- or 30-year-old home as your first home uh, in, in a well-established area in the city where you can build some equity and do well. Maybe the house had a previous leak because the roof shingles were left on, on there too long. It's, it's a cosmetic fix. Get a home inspection, make sure things are fine, and move forward. But there's no point in going out shopping for a home unless you know where you stand. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Even more important in a situation like this, where in the seller's market, if you get in a multiple bid situation, then how do you know how much you can go to? Are you prepared to go to that number? And if you are, do you have to know the number so that you don't get yourself in a situation where you win the bid and then you can't afford the house, really? Um, yeah, like I said again, exactly. older, older homes are fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, that's some really good advice, Chris. And, you know, there's so much more that we can talk about in the housing market here in Newfoundland Labrador, and we will do just that when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM morning show. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland Labrador. Today's focus is the 2023 real estate market here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And joining me for discussion is Chris O'Leary. He's a realtor with Remax Realty Specialist and Jones Flood, mortgage advisor with Premier Mortgage Center. So in the opening segment, we were talking about the real estate forecast for 2023. And according to surveys, our province will experience or could experience a balanced market. Although right now, Chris, we're saying it's still a seller's market. So mm-hmm. taking this into consideration, is now the time to buy or should those considering a home purchase hold off and if they do delay buying a home do they risk paying more yeah as i mentioned in the beginning i think we're we're going to be in a seller's market i think for a little bit yet because we have um, just shortages in inventory it's 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 all about the same thing the last couple of years about inventory uh, the demand is just not being met um, there are still a lot of buyers out there I think it's still a good time to buy. Newfoundland is really inexpensive compared to the rest of the country uh, to buy a home. Um, we're going to see a slight increase in, in values this year, and I don't think we're going to see our values go back to those kind of numbers. We're certainly not going to see what we saw and what we're seeing in, in some of the other markets in, in Canada. Uh, this market is, is a lot more stable than that. I, I don't think we're going to see that big swing. So I think as a buyer, I mean, I, interest rates are hopefully settle down. Uh, I, I think the Bank of Canada is going to you know, keep us where we are for a while. Again, that's something Joan can speak to. That's not my expertise, but uh, I think in this market right now, there's no 5% or 55 or whatever the number is going to be. Uh, is still not a bad interest rate to buy a house. You just need to buy the right house that you can afford. And again, go back to buying an existing home or buying something that's a little older and, and building equity and taking your time. You don't have to have the four-bedroom home with two people and 
you know, fully finished basement with a garage and, and a, an apartment in it uh, for your first home and spend $500,000. There's just no need to start there. So if you're realistic about what your expectations are and understand what it is you can afford, uh, then I think that's, that's a great time to buy. There's no reason why you can't buy. And Chris, I guess, you know, well, maybe I was going to say from the seller's perspective, but it could be from the buyer's perspective as well, you know, based on the market and what you're seeing, what types of home are more in demand right now and selling more quickly? Well, it still goes back to our average price being a little over $300,000. I, I still think we're, we're you know, that two fifty dollars to $400,000 price range is predominantly the numbers that are, are moving, are selling. Um, and rental properties in the, uh, um, are certainly uh, up there as well. So if you're two apartments or multi-unit homes, uh, there's investors out there looking for those right now. Uh, those are definitely uh, on, on the market are, are, are popular. And I think we're all going back to, the, you know, new home buyers are going back to an existing home, like new constructions. I wouldn't say nervous, but, you know, this new construction has seen quite a, quite a bit more price increase because of the, where, where the prices of lumber and, and, and materials have been. So they've seen a bit more of an increase in their, in their prices. Um, but again, it's an affordable market. I, I still think we're in a, in a great market. And what about location? I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, when certain homes come up in certain sought-after neighborhoods, they go more quickly or there could be a bidding war. So what areas are more in demand now here in the province? Well, it's right across. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Central's got so much happening right now. Gander, Grand Falls with the mining and um, West Coast is, is still doing really well. Um, St. John's, Mount Pearl, all, all the areas. I don't see any area in, 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 in the province, even outside of the city, saw a huge increase the last couple of years. And I think that's going to continue. So I, I don't think there's any any uh, any real change with regards to where the hot areas of the city, of, of the province are. I think we're going to continue to see growth. I'm, I'm talking to agents in, in Grand Falls that are still having inventory issues as well. Uh, West Coast, same thing. Just uh, buyers out there can't find inventory. Yeah, it's. I guess it, it is everywhere right across the province. And are you still seeing, I know we've talked about this um, over the last year or so, we, you've mentioned that there, you're getting calls from people outside the province, right, who are buying, you know, unseen almost, right, and, and looking for properties. Is there still demand from outside the province? Not as much as there was. Uh, I think if you look at back 2021, uh, when the pandemic, that first year after the, after the pandemic and things settled down, there was a lot more people coming home than there are right now but those numbers were not sustainable and i think the other part of that too is that they were seeing huge increases in values of their properties up in ontario and uh, vancouver the major cities in, in, in the country so they were making a lot of money in their homes they're coming back here with way more equity than they thought they had and they were buying homes up uh, and and we saw i think i think that 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 part has slowed a little bit i'm not seeing as much of that myself uh, and from the agents that I've spoke to, it slowed down a little bit, but uh, but still part of that market, that that bidding war that we're seeing in in some cases, depending on the property. Well, I guess you know, given what you're saying, that you know, there's a need for more homes to be on the market right now to meet the demand. If you're a homeowner listening and you're thinking, you know, maybe I should look at listing my property, or maybe I should consider selling in this uh, in this hot market. What are the things that they can do to ensure a quick sale and, and that they're getting the top price? Yeah, definitely a seller's market. I wouldn't hesitate. I'd, I'd be on the market right now for sure. Um, things that, that people need to do for, for to get a house sold quickly, I think it's, or at least, you know, have a better chance 
to get it sold at full value, let's say. I mean, yes, we're in inventory shortage, but if the house doesn't look great, it's still not going to get what it should get. So you should still stage the home. I think you should spend the time to do that. There's an attitude out there that, you know, I'm going to sell it, so why bother fixing the items or the issues that I have in the home? I think that's probably the wrong way to look at it. You should fix those things so you can get more money for your home. So if there's a, you know, broken window or if there's a, a screen that's broken or a door that doesn't close properly or, or just the simple stuff that's out there that you can fix, fix it before you list. Uh, it'll, it'll help you get a better return. Uh, curb appeal, obviously in wintertime, not so much, but, you know, summertime, it needs to be, you know, the house needs to look well because outside of the house needs to look really well, uh, really good, uh, simply because a lot of people do drive-bys now. They, they, they want to drive by, see the house before they even want to see it, and then walk the house as a potential buyer. Look in every nook and cranny and open every door and, you know, get rid of clutter uh, and, and do those things and, and make sure that anything you come across when you walk this house as a, as a buyer, you need to fix it so that they're going to find it as well. So those are all the things that can help you get a, a healthy return and, and, and get your house sold in a timely manner. So uh, we were talking, uh, or Chris, you were talking about, you know, you don't know, we don't know where rates are going to go and if they are going to level out. So June, you know, not going to hold you anything. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what's your feeling for people who are out there considering home purchasing right now? Is this the end of the, the hikes that we're going to see? Uh, from what we're hearing and, and all the reports, I mean, you know, everything looks like it's kind of even keel right now. Uh, Bank of Canada seems to be kind of happy with what's going on. Uh, don't know that I expect any further increases to prime rate in the short term, uh, just based on what we're hearing. Uh, but we're also hearing that the fixed rates, uh, you know, are going to to slide back down another little bit. Uh, but when you look at the rates in general, like right now, we're kind of getting back to where we were pre-pandemic with the fixed rates. Uh, you know, two point, uh, sorry, in 2019, pre-pandemic, uh, the average five-year uh, rate we were looking at was 4.25. Uh, you know, we got 4.74s out there today. So we are getting there. And I don't think we're ever going to see the rates we had. I mean, we had a pandemic followed by a war. Uh, you know, unfortunately, those things uh, were affecting the interest rates. Mm-hmm. And we're just getting back to normal interest rates. Uh, I, and I see that this year, you know, or I think this year, from what we're hearing over the next 18 months, rates are going to come back to a stable position. But you're still going to be looking at 4%, high 3% interest rates. You, I don't think you'll ever get back to that, that 2% mm-hmm. low that we were experiencing. Yeah, so it's kind of like the new normal for people right now. Exactly. And I mean, anyone that bought a house or first home five years ago, of course, were into those two, two and a half percent rates, uh, you know, up to, to three percent. I talked to a client yesterday, the mortgage is five years old and the rate was three point two four. So they're renewing from a three point two four to like a four and a half, you know, in that range. Right. Which is not a huge impact for them. Uh, and there's things you can do to tweak that so that it's not a, a big impact on your payment, especially on renewal. Yeah, so, so much to consider. So, like we said, the best thing to do is to talk to a professional, probably more important than ever, wouldn't you say? What are some of the benefits, in fact, Joan, like of talking to someone like yourself, even rather than just going to your own bank and talking to someone? 
Well, I guess, uh, you know, someone like myself, and, and I have uh, many years of banking experience, uh, you know, and now as a mortgage broker, I just, it, it kind of liberates you a bit because you just have so many more options for clients uh, with various lenders that will do different things for them. Uh, you know, you're just not stuck in that one path for uh, for the lender. I get calls all the time from previous clients uh, when I was in banking and just walk them through it. Just have a conversation, even if it's just peace of mind and you stay where you are with your current lender. Uh, explore all the options. Talk it mm-hmm. out. Uh, make sure you're making that right decision and just not signing a renewal agreement because it's the easiest thing to do. All I have to do is sign the piece of paper. Uh, you know, if you do move your mortgage on renewal, then of course there is an application process. You do have to requalify, but it, it, have the conversation. It doesn't mean you're going to do it just because you had the conversation. Uh, my, my services are free. You don't pay me for my opinions or just someone to talk to. Uh, maybe a good time if you've got equity in your home to pay off some of those higher interest consumer loans that you're carrying around or credit card debt. Uh, you know, while a mortgage rate might be lingering in the 4.5% uh, range, your credit cards are at 19 to 29% or credit lines that you just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe a good time to think about consolidation and using some of your equity even to help that monthly cash flow, you know, ease off a little bit with lower payments overall. So there's lots of options to explore. And just because you have the conversation with a mortgage professional like myself doesn't mean you're committed to that path. You can still go back to your own lender, but at least it gives you the information you need to make, you know, that educated decision on whether I'm just going to stick it out and sign the renewal or, you know, give you options as to what you can do with that mortgage renewal. Yeah, I think that's some great advice, John, right? Knowledge is power and, and knowing that what your options are helps you make an informed decision versus just giving going with the option, one option that you've been provided by a lender. And like you said, there's no obligation. And I love the idea of, you know, maybe your mortgage becomes more affordable if you can deal with some of that consumer debt. The trick with that refinancing piece, though, is making sure that you cancel the credit cards, cancel the line of credit when you pay them off so that you don't find you're now paying a higher mortgage payment and you start to, to run up those uh, those debts again. So whether you're considering buying or selling, it is important to keep in mind that there are some hidden costs associated with home sales. So we're going to talk about those when we come back. Please stay with us. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So joining me today is Chris O'Leary. He's a realtor with Remax Realty Specialist and Joan Flood, mortgage advisor with Premier Mortgage Center. So we're talking about the 2023 real estate outlook for Newfoundland and Labrador. And Chris and Joan, you've shared some really valuable advice for our listeners today. And we know that whether you're buying or selling a home, it's a huge financial undertaking. But it's more than just the price of the home that you need to keep in mind, right? There's many other costs that need to be taken into consideration, both for the seller and for the buyer. So let's talk a little bit about those now. And and maybe, Chris, I'll start with the buyer's costs. What do buyers need to keep in mind? You know, what are some of the costs associated with the home purchase that are often overlooked? 
Uh, some of the things I think that you you know you need to consider is that uh, you need to do a home inspection first. I mean, I, I I don't like to have a client buy a house without doing a home inspection. At least gives them some peace of mind. But that's a you know seven hundred dollar cost uh, from a legal standpoint. You're I think Joe can talk to them more to this, but it's usually one point five percent of the purchase price you need to have available to you in order to buy the house. Um, so if you're, you know, you, you need to have a significant amount of money to be able to cover that. There's closing costs at the lawyers, legal fees that you need to, to deal with. Um, and that's where that 1.5 comes in, plus your down payment, of course. Uh, house insurance, you got to have house insurance. You can't buy a house. It's, it's legal. It's, it's the way it is. Uh, mortgage insurance, if you're going to buy that, uh, whether it's at the bank level or you buy it privately. But uh, having mortgage insurance is never a bad idea. And then, of course, interest adjustments, you can talk to that. And uh, there's moving costs. You know, the simple things is just uh, getting your things from your rental property or your, where you're renting and bringing them to the house. It's it's still a cost. It's still things that you need to you need to consider. So those are some of the things that come to come to mind. Yeah, and these are going to be, you know, out-of-pocket costs, you know, like you said, at closing or, or soon thereafter. So, of course, you mentioned interest adjustment. So, Joan, what can you tell us about that? What does that look like for a home buyer? It depends on, I mean, it's it's kind of a lender-specific uh, thing, uh, and some lenders use it, some others, some don't. Uh, so, basically, you know, if you're buying a house and it's closing on January the 15th, uh, but your first mortgage payment is not until the 1st of March, for simplicity, uh, on closing date, the lender will collect from you through the legal process interest only from January 15th to February 1st. So that kind of tightens up and, and you're paid up then for January. So then February 1st is your interest adjustment date. So you may have a 16-day interest payment to make on the closing day and then your first payment will come the 1st of March. Mortgage payments are always paid uh, you know, that way. So if you, you're closing on January, you may not have a payment till till. March. So the interest adjustment brings you to a date in time for your first payment to start thereafter, if you will. So in that scenario I gave you, you could have a 16-day interest adjustment. So that's 16 days of interest on your mortgage amount, which could be like basically just rule of thumb, say half a mortgage payment at that point in time uh, that you will have to pay on your closing day. So that's an additional cost that you may not be expecting. Uh, Chris mentioned the legal fees. Uh, we have to verify or confirm with your down payment that you have at least 1.5% in extra resources uh, to cover your legal costs. That's not to say that's what your legal bill is going to be, but it's a pretty good ballpark. So it's 1.5% mm-hmm. of your purchase price that needs to be verified, uh, and that's on an insured mortgage. So an insured mortgage from this perspective is a mortgage that has less than a 20% down payment, and it requires the mortgage default coverage, uh, which there's a premium you pay for. While it's not an out-of-pocket cost, it is indirectly an extra expense. It is added into your mortgage, becomes part of your total mortgage, and then your mortgage payment is calculated based on the total. So while it's not an out-of-pocket cost, there is a cost to having a mortgage with less than 20% down payment that you don't pay if you do have the 20% down. So those two things are are interactive that way. And uh, of course, uh, Chris mentioned the home inspection. An appraisal fee is another thing that may or may not come up. And again, it depends on the type of financing you're looking at, the amount of equity that you have, uh, whether or not a particular lender requires a property appraisal. But if they do, generally the client uh, takes that 
cost. In some cases, it can be covered, uh, but most of the time, that is an additional cost to the client to have to pay that. Another big one that we see that uh, I guess people aren't really expecting is a property tax adjustment. So depending on the time of year you're buying the property and the, the municipality and the tax bill due date and that sort of thing, you may have to pay up the taxes for your portion of the billing period. Again, all this stuff is done through the lawyer's transaction, through your legal transaction, but it, you may end up paying you know, three or four up to six months taxes. Uh, could be a full year if you buy in January that sort of thing. So their property tax adjustment is a big adjustment as well that people need to be aware of. And uh, and again, when you're talking to a mortgage professional, you'll have that conversation about all these extra costs that you need other than you know just your 5% down. Yeah, and it is important, right, because you can't close without paying all this stuff. So it's important to know that you, you do have that money available when you're getting ready to close your, your home. So that's from a buyer's perspective. But we know there's also costs that the seller will will take on too, right, Joan? So what can you tell us about, you know, mortgage discharge fees and, and prepay- prepayment penalties, sorry, when it comes to uh, selling a home? Right. So if you, ha- you have a mortgage already, assumably, in most cases, I guess, if, uh, if you are selling one to buy another, uh, but even if you don't have it, uh, there's a discharge fee for the, mor- for, for the mortgage. There is a discharge fee. Typically, it's 200 to 250 in that range that a lender will charge you. And that's a fee most lenders charge uh, in preparation of giving you a document that says the mortgage is paid off, basically, which you then, in turn, can give to your lawyer or register at the Registry of Deeds to show that that mortgage or that home is now free and clear. Uh, so your typical fee for that is around two to two fifty and it's generally collected by the lender. And then, of course, if you have a current mortgage and you're selling, buying another house, you could be in a penalty situation if your mortgage is not at the maturity date. And most lenders' uh, formula for that would be the greater of three months' interest or an interest rate differential if you're not at your maturity date. If you are at a maturity date, uh, then your mortgage is coming up for renewal, then you don't have to worry about those additional fees. But again, that's lender-specific, more so how they calculate that. Uh, but there's definitely a cost to you. And in a lot of cases, you're able to take advantage of a portability feature if you have it with your mortgage, where you can move your mortgage from one property to another property uh, without incurring those fees. So again, you know, the, the advice is do your research, check all of these things out before you put one house on the market and make an offer on another. You need to make sure that you're aware of all of these things and you have enough money to accommodate uh, the transactions that you're about to enter into. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's so important, right, to make sure you have all this information. And that's one of the benefits of having a real estate agent or having a mortgage broker that you can talk to about all this stuff to know exactly what you're getting into, even before you start the search. And Chris, we know in Newfoundland, normally there's not a fee for home buyers when it comes to real estate fees, and, and it's usually paid by the seller. But what should the seller be considering when it when it comes to that? I know that, you know, it's not going to be one size fits all, but it's definitely a consideration, right? Yeah, no question. The the, the seller that sell the seller that's, uh, is is the one that does pay the commission. Um, and it's a percentage that's agreed upon between the seller and, and the real estate agent uh, of the purchase price. 
that's what you're looking at for costs. And then, of course, they take care of the buying agent that comes in with their with their client. Uh, it, no one size doesn't fit all. So, of course, it's, it depends on the company and which, which agent you've got there. But uh, uh, And then, of course, in addition to, to those things that, that Joan had mentioned and, and, the, and the commissions, there's also um, legal fee, of course, that the lawyer's office you could potentially be looking at uh, it's usually a lot less, uh, under $2,000 to discharge a home. Um, but that's uh, still a cost as a seller. You need to, you know, incorporate into what you think you're going to come away with in your proceeds. And then, of course, um, another hidden thing that comes up from time to, uh, in most houses, that there will be something in the home inspection that does come up. So you're going to have to be, some repairs are going to need to be done before you can close the house because that's another negotiation that happens, not just the purchase price negotiation, but it's also home inspection where they'll come with a list of items that they want fixed uh, and you negotiate with them uh, through your agent. And that's what the agent's there for, to help you negotiate that, to save you money so you don't end up having to do everything that they want uh, and they'll navigate you through that. Uh, and that's where you could potentially be looking at, you know, depending on what's got to be done, it could be thousands of dollars. So, But you need to be prepared for that. And that's why I say it's more, most important that you do all the repairs before you list the property. That way, there's less that comes up. And then uh, certainly moving costs again, same thing. Uh, you got to consider that if you're going to move from one house to another, that's that's also a, a cost. Especially if you've been in a home for a long time, you've got a lot, you got a lot of things. So you got to move a lot. A lot of stuff. So you could declutter, and that'll help some of that cost too. But. Yeah, I think that's some really great advice. And you know, I know from my perspective, Chris, when you've uh, helped me in, in the property market, your advice has been invaluable, right? So sometimes you hear noise around a real estate commission, mm-hmm. but it, it's well worth what you're paying because you brought things to light for me that I never would have thought of. And I, I think of myself as, you know, a pretty smart person, <laughs> yeah. but you're the professional, right? So, so, so important to reach out and, and get someone in your corner from that perspective. Well, guys, we've got some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with some final thoughts today, what would it be? And I'll start with you, Joan. My final thought, I think, in all these conversations, Nancy, has always been talk to the expert. Find a real-life person. Don't be afraid to interview your mortgage person before you decide on which one you're going to use. Uh, don't make it all about the lowest rates or who ends, you know, just talk to the person. Find the right fit for you to work with. Uh, deal with knowledge uh, and someone that you're going to be at ease with. Have the conversation. Do your homework. That's great. Thanks, Joan. And, and Chris, we have a very short time, but if I could leave, give you the last word today. Okay. Uh, don't listen to all the noise. Uh, talk to the experts. Like, like Joan is saying, I agree completely. Uh, we're in a good market. It's, it's a healthy market compared to other provinces and cities. Uh, just uh, take your time. Go talk to the right people. Get some common sense conversation there, and then you'll have a better, a better a job of, of having an informed decision as to what you're going to move forward with. And, and it's okay to go with an older home. It's fine. You don't need to start with the best. It's all good. Be affordable. That's, that's the key. Some great advice. Well, thanks again for joining me today. And to our listeners out there, I always want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question or topic you'd like us to discuss here on Your Money, you can email email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or call me at 800-563-8337. Until next time, I'm Nancy Seddon. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Seddon of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trust on your VOCM.